Welcome to Soul Stirrings, a podcast where all things regarding faith, communication, and culture are considered. I'm your host, Paul Patton, and here's hoping for at least a couple of grins and maybe one strange amen. Hello again. Welcome to Soul Stirrings. I am Brandon Knight, Assistant Professor of Speech Communication at William Carey University. I also have my Master's Divinity uh, from NOBTS in New Orleans, and uh, just a, a lover of communication and and trying to just make sense of uh, our Christian faith and and how we use communication and how we might do better in the future. And of course, I'm here with uh, Paul Patton. And uh, again, just honored to be a part of this podcast with him. And so today we're continuing our discussion on God Talk, the manipulative use of spiritual language. And whereas last time we were together, we defined God Talk, uh, today's question is going to more so focus on the price tag or price tags of God Talk. And what we mean by that are some of the negative effects that, will, uh, that often occur uh, when we manipulate others with religious language. And we're going to highlight specifically uh, how it cancels critical analysis. And it is quite possible we'll get to a second one. But, uh, Paul, what do you think about this first one uh, with uh, price tag of God talk uh, being that it cancels critical analysis? Well, um, Brandon, um, usually in life, major decisions of an individual are made with the help of at least one other person if not a group of trusted family and friends. Usually, we seek to wisely uh, seek the consultation of somebody else. But in the case of the young sophomore from the college I attended, enlisting the name of God and exp- explicitly assigning the Lord of 60 billion galaxies the cause of the breakup with his girlfriend, It allowed the well-intentioned young man to avoid being straightforward with his girlfriend. I don't have to give you an explanation. All I have to say is God told me, and I'm sorry, take it up with God. See, this is part of the problem. What's worse, it even allowed that undergraduate student several decades ago to be less than straightforward with himself. So the young man who's telling his friends that God is leading him to transfer to another college can short-circuit the consultation of others and avoid being straightforward because he's cloaked in pious phrases. And in this particular case, it also allows him, the transferring student, the, the student who's breaking up with his girlfriend, either case, to avoid having to be honest with himself and admitting the real reason he's transferring to another school is because he misses his girlfriend, which is truthful, truthful, legitimate reason. But God is leading me to transfer. Sounds so much more spiritual than I'm transferring to be near my girlfriend. So the careless use of the name of God became an avoidance technique. That's one of the big price tags. I hope our audiences get that. God is not going to be used as an avoidance technique. (laughs) Don't blame him. Sometimes it seems the habit arises from the fear that our words and our real reasons won't be taken seriously at face value. So we need a 
need, we, we, we felt a, feel a need to sanctify the rationale with pious sounding phrases. We need to probably stop it. Sometimes I just don't want to be critiqued. That's why I'll use the manipulative use, even preconsciously. Sometimes my rationale seems so puny and petty. That's why I'll come up preconsciously with this God talk. And sometimes I can't just articulate the explanation as to why I'm feeling something, either because I can't or don't want to spend the time trying to figure it out. So the temptation to God talk becomes a pious-sounding shorthand and convenient shortcut. I'm going to give you another example of this. Um, decades ago in Michigan here, uh, somebody came up at the church that, and said to the, to the church at large and to, the, to the, the leadership council, God has told me that we are to drop our church constitution. And so no one knew how to uh, confront that or discuss that intelligently. It was either you were with God or not. And of course, you can anticipate the, uh, the predictive result, which the church split. And the people that were with the person saying, God has told me to drop the Constitution, you know, oftentimes, however, un- under-investigatedly, they, they congratulated themselves as being with God. Uh, again, probably institutionally, one of the most uh, uh, serious examples of uh, a manipulative use of, of religious language. Interesting. Um... Uh, I think I can see uh, quite a few correlations even to how this occurs in our our politics in the modern day. And and also with the cancellation of critical analysis, uh, you said it, it just harms discussion. It, it harms uh, self-reflection. And uh, just coming from uh, uh, the stance of persuasion, it, it definitely it goes into a mode of defense uh, where you want to protect uh, whether it's your own image or your own motives, rather than just being honest, transparent, or in some cases actually having to persuade. I think in, in politics, we often call this the the law of the sacred cow. And of course, with God talk, it sounds like, Paul, that we are, we are taking something sacred uh, or we're taking actually our profane motives and wrapping it in sacred language, as you said. But by doing that, right, we're we are actually making uh, God's name. Uh, we are dragging it through the mud, and uh, and so in terms of cancellation of critical analysis, there's no discussion, there's no disagreement, and uh, I'm also a coach of our debate team here at William Carey University, and it's interesting because when a round occurs and there's no room for one side of the argument to to actually have agency and a position to argue, we call that abuse. <laughs> and yeah, it sounds uh-huh. like that that tends to be exactly what's uh, going on here. Yes, yes. And it, again, it's not always conscious. It's mm-hmm. not always consciously manipulative, uh, but it, it can become a habit, like a lot of habits, that we, we don't think through the ramifications uh, of these habits, especially if they work uh, in helping us uh, feel justified about a decision, about an exit, about a, 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 a course, uh, about a response. And I would say, just in relation to this, our, or at least our relationship with other people, when this language is used, we are we are taking away agency 
from others from having a different opinion by, you know, if, cause if I, if God told me this, then, and you disagree, uh, or you tell me that I'm wrong, then you are the one that is in essence disagreeing with God. And so, um, exactly. re- relationships are broken. And this, I, I think is a good segue, um, Paul into, uh, the effects of, uh, when critical analysis is actually canceled, we see uh, power use, right? We see trends of absolute power. And, yeah. and of course, in our day and age, uh, we're quite skeptical of this. But uh, sadly, it's happening in many of our, our churches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the college fellow who tells his, uh, his, his girlfriend, uh, God's telling me to break up with you. Uh, uh, God, so you must obey and you must not challenge me, uh, and, and question, uh, uh that decision. Cause I'm going to obey God, even though as much as I want to respect and continue to romance you or so he wants to say on the service, the elder of the church, um, as I just mentioned, short circuits, any challenge by presenting the prophecy as from the hand of God. Their message is presented as an either-or proposition. Either you're with God or with them, those others, God and and me or them. Sorry, that can contribute to a power trend, and of course, it can contribute to an ego trip. If God told the boyfriend to break up with me, then who am I to question God, says the young woman. Then I see him with another woman. And who am I to question God? And it starts building and building and building. And God is blamed for these things that were essentially the insensitivity of the boyfriend. Uh, this is, this is uh, how it creates these absolute power trends. And so context obviously plays a, a unique role in this. And um, I, I believe I've heard you say in the past, just notice uh, uh, the the possible hierarchies that can be created in this. And so church or politics, or uh, even in a relationship in which one is attempting to manipulate the other person, even though that's a, a, uh, a microcosm of what can happen, uh, it can build on uh, in different contexts and in different scales. But uh, yeah. so there, I mean, a huge price tag is just the effect that we see in terms of analysis both self-analysis, self-reflection, as well as harming our relationships by demanding, coercing, and we might even say manipulating, or, or we definitely say manipulating in some instances, even if it's unconscious, as Paul says. But I think by having this discussion, Paul, what we're hoping to accomplish is just giving a little bit of insight that can allow for us to start um, monitoring the language that we use and how we are actually protecting God's name in our conversations and relationships. Yes. um, Jesus told his disciples that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, And he talks about the good man and the evil man Uh, um, brings good things, uh, brings, can bring evil things. And he says, even that uh, on the day of judgment, uh, that everyone will give a report, a, a, an account for every careless word they've spoken. By your own words, you'll be acquitted. By your own words, you'll be condemned. 
Uh, this is a very serious thing when we're going to employ the name of God as a, um, a, a leveraging device in getting people to follow and getting people to agree and short-circuiting what should be uh, a serious and sometimes complicated discussion that leads to a decision. But we're afraid of complicated discussions when we shouldn't be, especially when they are involving people that we should be able to trust. Scared of nuance in some of our discussions and relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, afraid of disagreement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so it's 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 much easier if we can uh, we can blame God uh, for a decision, particularly if it doesn't work out. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to end. Uh, uh, and so, just again, honored to be here with Paul. Uh, today we went over uh, specifically just some price tags of God talk. We'll continue on this this same discussion, talking with uh, in our next episode how. God talk often confirms self-centeredness. And so, Paul, just again, appreciative to you, and uh, thank, thank you to those listening. Hey, great, Brandon. Great to be hanging out with you, and blessings on you. All right? Thank you.